And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy episode of The Lum and Ebner's Show from 1948. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll try to name the show while you play along at home, right, Lisa? That's right, but this is a very special edition of TV Jeopardy. So special. I know, but this one's a little extra special. Here's why. Okay. It is a Carl. It's a Carl segment. Oh, okay. And I had so Carl all in the mind. Carl's out there in Radio Land. Not exactly. This is going to emphasize your vast knowledge of classic radio because... Radio or TV? Radio. Okay. Because these are TV shows that began as radio Radio shows. shows. So we're going to take a trip down memory lane. All right. Nothing I can teach you here, but I'm sure you'll appreciate some of these clips. All right. I'm ready. Here's the first one. Well, Tyler, did you see Marshal Bill Nichols? I don't have chance, Kimisabi. I don't have any Marshal (laughs) named Hendricks. Him say Nichols retired maybe six months ago. Yes, I remember Bill mm, saying he wanted so. to return to private life. Maybe him quit too soon. <laughs> Maybe him quit mean? too soon. Me see murder today. Me think mm. Henrik's not able Me, to handle investigation. Not I. Me. You saw a murder. I wonder if this sounds paper familiar, to a banker Carl. Named Brian. Mm. See young mm. him. Tom Bryan? You know him? Well, I've heard of him. Politically and financially, he's one of the okay, most important I know what figures that in is. the West. All right. Let's that hear it. is the Lone Ranger. That's absolutely correct. Like I said, this won't be challenging, but it is a trip down memory lane. This series began as a radio show, of course, a Western series. Yeah. When did it begin? In, in 19, the 30s. In 1933. Yeah. And was adapted for television in? I think probably about 49 or 50. That is exactly right. 1949. Mm. Yeah. You well. are on it. Mm. Mm, well, that's you know. why they pay me the big bucks. That's right. Who? Who is they? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. No one. <laughs> I'm just wondering because I'd like to know Absolutely who they no are. Absolutely no one. Okay, because yeah, I understand. Okay, here's the next one. This is the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. I work here. I'm a cop. It used to be somewhere I'd want to live. Not anymore. It was Tuesday, February third was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of homicide. The detail. worst thing My about California Smith, back then was smog. Now it's the least. That's true. Now it's the thing that, that bothers people the least, and the this smog. Is That's Dragnet. Dragnet. Origi- originally a radio show that began in... 1948. 49 is what my okay. research told yeah. me. Okay. And uh, made its way to television in... Probably about 50. 51. Yeah. You're on it. Eh, right. One off. Here's the next one. Personal mm-hmm. favorites. Okay. Now, you know it's my house. You know that I'm the master of my house. <laughs> and being the master of my house, I'm the one that gives the orders. 
I gave you an order. The master gave you an order this the morning. The master gave you an order. But as I look around, I see that my order from the master wasn't carried out. From the master. Now, the master's wife is supposed to obey. Oh. Why didn't you obey and have my robe and slippers laid out so that when I come home from a hard day's work, they're there for me to slip into conveniently? Tut, tut, none of your feeble excuses. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's so the honeymooners. It is. It started out as a sketch on... So it started out as a sketch on radio? It did. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I didn't know I could teach you I wasn't aware here. of that. Well, that's what my research what? told me. What radio Cavalcade show? of Stars oh, yeah. in 1951 before becoming its own television See, show in Cavalcade 1955. Cavalcade of Stars, I know, mm-hmm. was a television show. I didn't know it was also a radio show. Yep. Okay. Sure was, and that's where Honeymoon right. began. I Very didn't know cool. that either. You taught me something, Lisa. Yay! That's the goal. All right, here's the next one. I will not be able to teach you anything about this. Morning, boys. Morning, sir. Are, uh, are you the marshal here in Dodge? My name's Dylan. Dylan. Uh, Thompson's our name. I'm Jim. This is my brother, Will. Hey, I'm glad to know you. You know, that's, that's a nice ra- sidekick. That's Mr. not a TV Proctor. clip. Oh. That's howdy, a radio clip. Howdy. That's William Conrad. Oh. So that was not a TV clip. But anyway, it's Gunsmoke. On TV, it was James Arness. And on radio, it was that guy that you just played. William Conrad. All right. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Taught me something. Gunsmoke began as a radio show in 1950. Uh... Radio? I see. Gunsmoke, I think, started around 51 or 52. Yep, 52. And yeah. started in television 55. So yeah. So just right after, makes, right after makes the radio sense. show. Yeah. Here's the next one. All right. All right, I'll tell you. <laughs> now, look, kids. <laughs> We've got a very important show on a very big network. We have millions and millions of viewers. And frankly, tonight's show was the sloppiest I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good show. All right, so there were a few mistakes. Is that a reason for you to get mad? I told you I'm not mad! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the great Jack Benny. Sure is. Yeah, and started course, on radio mm-hmm. in about 32, I believe, 1932. Uh, in the right. 30s, I wrote right, and it made its way to TV in 1950, ran for 15 seasons. Man, there you that go. success. There you have it. And here's your last okay. one. Okay. A couple of the boys are coming over for a bull session. You act like we're going to have the United States. This Nations. is no bull session, and these boys, as you call them, happen to be the executive heads of the Wistful Vista Independent Party. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a clip from correct. the TV show. They are mm-hmm. looking for a candidate for the city Fibber, council. Fibber, McGee, and A candidate Molly. who has exactly. earned the love and respect of the people. Began See, a man of courage, strength, and determination. I think it only lasted a man like whose dauntless spirit one season maybe the- on yeah. television. And uh, Kathy Lewis, I know, played Molly. And I'm trying to think who played Fibber. If you said it, I'd know it. But on, on radio, obviously, Jim and Marianne Jordan. Sure. That started way back in the 30s. Yep. And then the TV show, I think, was about maybe yep. 52 or 53. 59. Oh, wow. Even right. Later. But okay. still in the 50s. So. All right. Very cool. So, wow. That's all I can say. I like that, Lisa. Mm, I that know. That was a lot of fun. It is fun. All right. Thanks, Lisa. More to come. Thanks, listeners. When we come back, it's the Loman Abner Show, so don't miss it. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Mind all listeners that we have a podcast that you can listen to called 
Radio Rarities. You can listen to it anywhere, anyplace, anytime, because it's available at every outlet that plays podcasts. iHeart, Acast, Google, iTunes, uh, Spotify, you name it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can hear Lisa and I. We host a podcast called Radio Rarities, and tell everyone about it, Lisa. Um, well, I know we, we just recorded some, and for example, we do some auditions of a particular series. We talk about the history behind um, the series in terms of the characters, what was going on in the world, in terms of um, the, there could be a certain star in the radio show, all different reasons why these episodes are very rare and very unique episode. So not only do we play the episode, we actually give you a whole lot of historical information about these episodes and really educate you so that when you hear the episode, you really do get more out of it. And then we close it off and uh, just give you a real rounded uh, education about uh, rare classic radio shows. Mike Bubblebath Costello produces it and Carl Shadow writes it and we co-host it. It's called Radio Rarities. Just uh, go to your computer and go to Google and just search Radio Rarities and you can listen to it. I think there's about 30-something episodes already produced. We release a new one each and every week. You can hear it everywhere podcasts are heard. So check out Radio Rarities. We think you'll like it. And I know you're going to like the Lum and Abner show. Lum and Abner was uh, on the air a long time, 1931 until 1954. They were modeled after a small town that they actually lived in called Waters, Arkansas. And then in 1936, the show was so popular that the town of Waters actually changed the name to Pine Ridge, which is where they would you know, set the series, Pine Ridge, Arkansas. And uh, they owned the Jot 'em Down store, and they had a blast with all their funny characters. Originally, it was a 15-minute episode, but they went to a weekly half-hour show. And we have a half-hour for you right now, October 24th, 1948. Here's part one of the Lum and Abner Show. <laughs> Grannies, I believe that's our ring, Abner. Ah. Frigidaire presents the new Lum and Abner show. Tonight, Frigidaire, a division of General Motors, brings you a brand new kind of visit with those old characters down in Pine Ridge. Featuring Clarence Hartzell as Ben Withers, Gloria Blondell, the music of Felix Mills, and starring your old favorites, Lum and Abner. As we look in on the little community of Pine Ridge, we find Lum in the Jotham Down store blocking Abner's path to the door. Listen. Now, wait a minute, Abner. Where do you think you're going? Lum, I've got to mail this letter for Ed Stoddard. Now, just why would Ed Stoddard want you to mail a letter for him? He's the postmaster. Well, not for a while he ain't. See, this letter is to the post office department telling him to send out a, a substitute for to take his place. Why? What, what's wrong with Ed? Well, you know how absent-minded he's been getting here late. Oh, I know it, I know it. Just the other day, I seen him sauntering along in the rain, holding his hand out in front of him like he's carrying an umbrella. 
He told me later he didn't realize he'd forgot it till the rain stopped and he reached up to close it. <laughs> well, you just wait till you hear this. He drove home last night, drove in the driveway, got out, opened the garage door, and when he seen the garage was empty, he yelled, Help! Somebody stole my car! <laughs> oh, you never. He did. Yeah, he done it. And then his woman, she heard the commotion, thought he was a thief, and throwed an iron skillet and hit him on the head. That woke up the neighbor's dog, and he started chasing him. Then Caleb Weehunt thought it was somebody after his chickens, so he taken a shotgun to Ed, and now Ed is flat in bed on his stomach. Goodness alive. I don't know whether he got the car back or not. Granny, does it sound like you'll be laid up for a while? Well, that's why he writ this letter, to get a substitute. Yeah, you better get that in the mail quick. Or wait a minute. Wait here. Hold on. Give me that letter. You gonna mail it? I'm gonna tear it up. Hey, now, Lum, don't do that. That's government matter. Yeah, and I'm doing the government a favor. Ain't no use in spending all that money to send a substitute out to Pine Ridge when we got a man right here that can handle the job. Yeah, but he's full of buckshot. I don't mean Ed. (laughs) I mean me. You? Yes, sir. With my set of brains, I'll run that post office like it ain't never been run before. Dear Ella, hope this finds you well. Abner, cut out reading them postcards. You ain't the postmaster. I am. Ruby is having trouble with George again. Abner, I'm going to have to throw you right out of the post office. Because George keeps falling off of the wagon. Abner. Dog, I hope he didn't hurt himself. Abner, you... I don't know George, but he must not be very smart, Lon. Keeps falling off. Dog, you'd think he'd learn how to sit in a wagon and hang on after two or three <laughs> Abner, that mail is U.S. government property. Tampering with it is a federal offense. And on top of that, if Ella Simpson ever caught you reading her postcard, she'd massacre you. Ruby says next time she sees George, she is going to shoot... Abner, give me that card. Long, this is serious. Ruby's going to shoot... I don't care what she's going to do. Here comes Ella Simpson, and she'll do worse than that to you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, morning, Miss Simpson. Why, Lum, are you running the post office now? Yeah, I'm the new letterhead. (laughs) How about some nice fresh stamps today? No, thank you. Say, you got any mail for me? Why, yeah, I believe there is a postcard. (laughs) Just happened to have it in my hand. Here you are. Who's it from? Well, I ain't got the least ideas. I ain't neither. But you better get in touch with Ruby right away. (laughs) Hey, Chuckie. That George is going to get it. What'd you say, Abner? He said that's a gorgeous bonnet. Where'd you get it? Huh? Well, I got it over to the county seat. I only paid a dollar ninety-eight cents for it. Well, it sure don't look like it. <laughs> but everything costs twice what it ought to nowadays, ain't it? Well, good luck to you on your new job here, Lum. Thank you, Sister Simpson. Come in again. Lum, how could you stand there talking about hats when there's a murder going on? Listen, Abner, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for reading somebody else's mail. That's the lowest sneakiness one thing a human can do. But, Lum, Ruby's going to shoot George. No, she ain't. All it said was the next time Ruby sees George, she's going to shoot him a game of snooker. (laughs) That's a game I ain't even played. (laughs) 
Only trouble now, she's liable to club him with a pool cue, you know that? No, because when she went on to say, uh, well, I don't know what it said. Why don't you get on back to the jot down store? Well, all right, but what I come down here to tell you was that you better give up this post office junk, Lum. Squire Skimp says you're going to get yourself in trouble. Oh, sassy dress. Squire's just jealous. Well, he says that you don't know nothing about the post office regulations. Oh, don't I? Well, just stick around and watch how I handle the next customer. I'll show you who knows about postal regulations. Well, I know, because you got a good one to work on. <laughs> huh? There comes Ben Withers. Uh-oh. Well, hello, Lum. How's the new postmaster? Oh, getting along just fine, Ben. I wonder if you could send a registered letter for me, Lum. Oh, you bet your life I... Registered? Yes. <laughs> You can handle that, can't you? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> can I handle it? <laughs> uh, registered. Hmm. You wouldn't want to just send that special deliver, would you? Well, yes, all right. Well, good. But I want it registered, too. Uh, <laughs> all right, Abner, you keep out of this. I never said a word. <laughs> Uh, watch what you're thinking, then. Uh, Let's see, now, you want this letter registered, huh? Yes, registered. Uh-huh. Registered. That's correct. Registered. Uh-huh. Uh, how about sending airmail? I want it registered, love. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh-huh. What's the matter, Mr. Postmaster? Having trouble? <laughs> and Hesha. Lum, I want that sent delivered to addressee only. Uh, I thought you wanted it registered. Fine. Huh? You've got a rubber stamp there that says delivered to addressee only on it. Just stamp that on the envelope. Oh, well, that's simple enough, sure. Uh, here we are. Yeah. Come in again soon, Ben. Well, wait, that's the wrong stamp. That says return insufficient address. <laughs> Admiral, will you get out of here? Well, oh. maybe you better let me get back there and fix this letter up right. No, now, you stay right where you're at, Ben. I'm the postmaster here. Yeah, he's the postmaster. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see now. Well, what you're supposed to do next is take the postmark stamp and cancel it. Cancel it? You mean you don't want to send it after all? <laughs> Certainly I want to send it, and I've got to register it because I'm enclosing quite a sizable amount of cash. One dollar and 29 cents. <laughs> is that all? Fine. I'm sending for a can of Captain Sprug's quick caulk. What in the world is that? Yes. <laughs> Captain Sprug of Mount Eighty, inventor of the flat-bottom canoe, has done it again. Uh-oh. He has invented a caulking material for mending boat leaks which can be applied underwater. <laughs> well, they put it on with a fountain pen. <laughs> Laugh if you want to, but I was present when the captain personally tested Sprug's quick caulk in the waters of beautiful Lake Silk. Well, don't tell us about it. Yes, I will. <clears throat> A large crowd was on hand as Captain Sprug launched his flat-bottom canoe with nothing aboard but a hatchet and a can of Sprug's quick caulk. Huh. Oh, yes, and the putty knife. Well, that was very interesting, Ben. Well, see you later. Fifty feet from the shore, the captain raised the hatchet in full view of the spectators 
and chopped a hole in the bottom of the canoe. Oh, my sakes alone. <laughs> As the crowd gasped, the captain calmly laid down the hatchet, picked up the can of Sprug's quick cock, bowed to the audience, and stepped over the side to repair the damage. <laughs> well, I'll be dead blame. Forty-five minutes later, all the water had been pumped out of Captain Sprug. <laughs> And plans were underway to dredge for the canoe. Dredge for it? Fine. They never did find the putty knife. <laughs> well, now, about this registered letter... Or wait a minute. The captain's moved. How do you know? Well, just look what's stamped on the envelope. Returned in sufficient address. Well, Granny's, you're right. It's a lucky thing I found this out before I sent the letter. So long. <laughs> By Granny's You're Right, Lisa, that's the first portion of the Lawman Abner Show, October 24th, 1948. For years and years, this show was a quarter hour, Monday through Friday. Then uh, from 1948 until 1953, they switched format to once a week. Amos and Andy did the exact same thing. Amos and Andy was on the air for years as a quarter hour, Monday through Friday, then moved to a half hour format. And that's what we're listening to. Good episode of Lum and Abner with Chester Locke and Norris Goff. We'll get back to it and more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Don't forget, folks, we have a club called the Classic Radio Club. And hundreds and hundreds of your fellow listeners are members, and I do appreciate every single member. You can get 10 classic radio shows in perfect sound right from the master recordings sent to you each and every month, either on CD, five CDs in a collector case, or via a digital download email that is sent right to your inbox. And there's also a booklet, a 12-page booklet that I write and Carl Shadow actually helps me write too, and it's uh, very copious notes about each one of those 10 shows. There's photos of the stars. And if you get the digital downloads, you get a PDF emailed to you along with the links. But most people, believe it or not, Lisa, they like the CDs. They like the case that it comes in. There's five CDs, 10 shows. There's a booklet in there. It's a really nice package. And about every 30 days, we send you a new one that has 10 more shows, all directly from the master recordings. Great quality. Right. I was going to say, most importantly, it's the quality that you put out. It's not something that you can find anywhere else, and that's what makes you unique. Yeah, well, we're all about quality yes. here. 
on Hollywood 360. So if you'd like to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, we'd love if you would uh, join and try it out. You can cancel at any time. You know, join, and then if you, for some strange, crazy reason, decide you want to cancel, I don't know why. You'd I can't cancel. imagine. Uh, but you can cancel at any time. Um, just go to our website and read all about it. It's Hollywood. Well, no, that's wrong. It's ClassicRadioClub.com. ClassicRadioClub.com. Or you can speak to a live operator. We'll answer all of your questions. And uh, that number to call is 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now, if you do not get a live operator when you call, just leave your name and phone number, and a live operator will call you back. And answer all of your questions, 815-900-7535. All right, we're listening to the Lum and Abner Show. And on this episode, Lum takes over the Pine Ridge Post Office. Very funny episode, along with Chester Locke and Norris Goff. You're hearing Clarence Hartzell. He was uh, a regular on Vic and Sade, one of my favorite shows. This was sponsored by Frigidaire. Do you still do you have a Frigidaire in your home, Lisa? I, I don't, but Not it anymore. still exists. It was a big right? deal back then. Frigidaire. I mean, that you, was you the had brand. an ice box and a refrigerator. Sure, an ice box. <laughs> it was a big deal, you know. I have my Frigidaire over here. Take a look at my Frigidaire. It's uh, lime green. Yes, exactly. I think mine was lime green as a kid. I don't <laughs> growing even remember. Up. Uh, we're listening to Lum and Abner. Here's the conclusion from October 24th, 1948. Well, Mr. Postmaster, you sure handled that something wonderful. Well, leastways, I never lost no money on a transaction. Well, why don't you give up this idea right here and now? You've been Postmaster for a whole half a day, and you ain't sold a nickel's worth of stamps or nothing else. I know it, and I don't understand it. A body would think I didn't know a thing about business. Yes, it is easy to get that impression. <laughs> well, I don't think it's me. I think it's the system. Huh. This place is in a rut. For instance, take them three-cent stamps there. Yeah. They've been selling them for the same price for years and years. Well, you're right there, yeah. Why don't they ever have a sale on them? Why don't they ever get <laughs> two money orders for the price of one? What's the matter with this outfit, anyway? Well, I don't know. Just old-timey, I reckon. Well, Abner, I, I've just got the greatest one idea I ever had in my life. Beginning tomorrow, I'm going to put on the first and the biggest post office sale this country's ever saw. Can you do that? I'm doing it. I, grannies, I'll make them post office fellers in Washington sit up and take notice. <laughs> Their eyes will bug out like a trumped on toad frog. <laughs> No, Miss Bates, there's nobody in the store but me and Mr. Niles, the Frigidaire representative. Uh-huh. How's Wilbur? Oh, finally got it, huh? How long a sentence? What do you know, Mr. Niles? Mr. Bates's boy, Wilbur, finally got the prize in his English class for composing the longest sentence. <laughs> Good for Wilbur. How's that, Miss Bates? Your cake's what? Oh, that's a shame. Well, why do you suppose they keep falling? Keep falling? Well, here, I can help you with that problem. Uh-huh. 
Not even enough? Uh, well, uh, tell her to look at one of the new frigid air electric ranges. Tell her especially to look at the big, even heat ovens. She can tell in that jiffy why they're such wonderful bakers. Hey, uh, better let me talk to her. But you don't understand, Mr. Niles. She... Oh, hello, Mrs. Bates. Say, uh, when you bake pies and cakes in a frigid air electric range, you don't have to keep looking at them. Just set the temperature control, and it automatically keeps the right baking temperature without ever having to check up on it. The heat is so evenly distributed that cakes and pies just won't fall. But, uh, Mr. Niles... Well, of course, a frigid air electric range is so simple, even a child can operate it. Just turn a dial for the exact heat you want. On the three surface units, you have a choice from fast frying to slow simmer, and the economical deep well thermizer converts to a fourth surface unit in a jiffy. And Mrs. Bates, uh, I'd like to talk to you about the beauty of this new frigid air electric range. How wonderfully easy it is to keep clean. How cool it is to cook on. How you can prepare a whole meal even while you're out of the house. What? You have? Oh, well, all right then. Uh, goodbye, Mrs. Bates. What's the matter with you, Ben? Mrs. Bates already has a frigid air electric range. Yes, and she's crazy about it. The only reason her cakes keep falling is Mr. Bates built a shelf for her to put her cakes on, and Mr. Bates is a very poor carpenter. <laughs> Granny's Abner, in another half hour, we'll be ready to start the big postal sale. Now, let's check over our list and see what we've did so far. Uh, get signs printed. Check. Make wonder display out of money order blanks. Check. Buy punch boards. Check. Wait, I forgot to give you any money. What'd you buy the punch boards with? Check. 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 Uh, get jar of beans for guessing contest. Well, Cedric was supposed to bring them over last night, but he ain't showed up yet. That boy, he can't recollect nothing. He ain't got a brain in his head. Check. <laughs> I guess you better go out and start hunting for him. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. Terry comes right now, Long. Swan, that boy's the slowest mortal that ever drawed breath. Oh, hearty. Well, I got the beans. <laughs> well, it's about time, Cedric. What taking you so long? You got the beans yesterday. Yes, Mom, but it take me all night long to cook them. <laughs> For the land's sake, Cedric, we never want them cooked. Of course not. You can't count cooked beans. Now get over to the Jotham Down store and get a jar of uncooked ones. And hurry up. Uh, what, what kind do you want? N Navy beans? Yeah, they're fine. Kidney beans are nice. All right. Get kidneys. I thought you wanted beans. Ah. Uh, Hi, grannies. I wish you two idiots would clear out of here before I go stark raving mad crazy. Both of you go get the beans, but hurry back, Abner, because I'm going to need your help quick as the rest starts. Yeah, all right, all right. I'll call Mamie, the central girl, and have her ring the fire alarm so as I can make a public announcement about the sale over the party line. Yeah, all right. Well, come on, Cedric. Let's get out of here. Hello. Oh, hello, Mamie. This is Lum Edwards, and I want you to What's ring... What's the... the name? Lum Edwards, and I want... Lum Edwards? Yeah, that's right. He ain't at the Jot-em-Down store. Try calling him at the post office. Well, I I don't want to call him. Who? Lum Edwards. I'm sure you'll find him at the post office. I No, I will, because that's where I'm at now. Well, ain't he there? 
Who? Lawmaters. Oh, for pity's sakes. Why don't you leave a message for him when he comes in? Look, Mamie, I just want you to ring the fire alarm so that what, I... What's that name again? Whose name? Who are you calling? I said ring the fire alarm. Sounds like you're saying fire alarm. Well, I am. How do you spell that? F-I-R... Look, Mamie, I don't think you understood me. Who are you? Lum Edwards. I told you you can reach him at the post office. Goodbye. Oh, me. Say, Lum, you were wrong. The captain hasn't moved. So I want to send this registered letter after all. Well, that's just dandy great. Now, you get back there and register it yourself. I'm leaving. I'll be back later. Where are you going, Lum? Fine. What? <laughs> what kind of an answer was that? Pine Ridge Post Office. Is Lum Adderts there? No, he just stepped out for a minute. Well, when he comes in, tell him some knucklehead wants him. What's his name? Who? Fine. I'll tell him to call right away. <laughs> uh, sir, what can I do for you, sir? Well, I'm Inspector Burton of the Postal Department, and I want to see the postmaster. Oh, yes, you must be the knucklehead the operator mentioned. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Yes. Well, Mr. Edwards is out right now, but he ought to be back shortly. Is he the postmaster here? Well, not really. The real one is home in bed, so Mr. Edwards appointed himself postmaster. Appointed himself? Wait a minute. Did you say you were with the U.S. Postal Department? I certainly did. Well, my stars. Then you must know Hilmer Grossen. <laughs> Who? Yes. <laughs> Hilmer was in the post office game for a number of years. Best postmaster Mount Idy ever had until they fired him for being conscientious. Well, I've never heard of a man being fired for that. Well, that's what happened to Hilmer. His wife even divorced him on account of it. Oh, come now. Hilmer Grossen loved the post office work so much that he delivered every letter that came in personally. When Kenneth Zekafus moved to Hatfield... Elmer Stamp, please forward on the letter and personally delivered it to Kenneth at Hatfield. Well, I don't think they'd discharge him for that. Then a letter came in for Rudford Kelp, who had also moved. Elmer did the same for him. Well, where'd Rudford move to? Somewhere in northern Finland. <laughs> Finland? On his return a year later, Mrs. Grossen based her suit on desertion. Elmer put up the defense that he was so far north... The days were six months long, thus he was only gone two days. <laughs> he lost the case. Yes. Well, tell me more about this Mr. Edwards. Ex-postmaster Grossen now runs a small Finnish steam bath in Mount 80. I don't care about him. What about this Mr. Edwards? Oh, he's not here right now. He's out making final arrangements for his stamp sale. Stamp sale? Fight. Well, look, I'm going to drop in a little later and have a chat with this Mr. Edwards. But don't you tell him. Oh, <laughs> surprise him, huh? I certainly am, and what a surprise.
Well, I granny's Abner, the sale's on. Let them come in. Yeah, well, wait a minute, Lom. There's one more sign we ain't put up yet. Which one's that? This one that says, Fall Clearance Sale. All posted stamps drastically reduced to half price. Oh, yeah. Yeah, stand that and write up over the inkwell there. Yeah, yeah. And that reminds me, did you bend up the pinpoints? Yeah. <laughs> me and Cedric played a game of darts with them. We got them bent up to where you couldn't tell them from the pins they got in the biggest post offices in the country. Good. I just don't understand why the old postmaster never thought of any of these ideas. No. He never even advertised. No, no. <laughs> hey, Lump, get ready, get ready. Yonder comes our first customer. Well, good. Make him think we're doing a big business, and that'll help the sale. Yeah, yeah. Who is that fella? I don't know. Looks like some out-of-town stranger. Yeah. He ain't a local stranger. Uh, whoever he is, I bound you he ain't never seen a post office run like I'm running this. <laughs> well, come in, mister. Come right in. My name's Burton. Well, you're just in time for the big sale, Mr. Burton. Yeah, see that sign over there? Three centers, two cents, two centers, one cent. Yes. Uh, just how many stamps have you sold at this rate? Well... Oh, uh, hundreds of them. Just hundreds. Hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about this sale. Sounds even better than I imagined. Oh, you heard about it, huh? And you're from out of town, ain't you? Yes, I'm from Washington. Washington? Well, what do you know about that? I'll show you what advertising will do, Abner. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is which one of you is responsible for all this. Well... <laughs> I don't like to brag on myself, but I'm your man. You may be right. I helped. <laughs> Good. I want that information, too. Well, thank you. Now, uh... Let's see now. You're Mr. Edwards, aren't you? Yeah, that's I. Mr. Edwards, do you know anything at all about postal regulations? <laughs> oh, them old moldy wore-out things. I'm making up a whole new set. <laughs> you are, eh? Oh, yeah. You might say I'm revoluting the whole postal system. <laughs> He's the most revolting postmaster this town's ever <laughs> Abner, you're just saying that. No! Mom, everybody says that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they love me here in Pine Ridge. Mr. Edwards, have you informed Washington of any of those little changes you're making? Well, not quite yet. I'm going to surprise it on them all at once. I'm going to make monkeys out of them old fogies. <laughs> old fogies, eh? Oh, yeah. Would you like to take a chance on the punch board? Punch board? Yeah, see, if you get the lucky number, you get a free money order. <laughs> This is incredible. Oh, you ain't saw nothing yet. See that jar of beans there? Guess how many beans there are in it, Mr. Burton. Yeah, try 3,479. Say, what is this, some kind of a game? Yeah, see, whoever guesses closest to the number of beans in there gets a postal savings account with double the regular interest for two years. Double the interest? You can't possibly mean that. Oh, you don't know me, Mr. Burton. <laughs> when the government finds out what I'm doing here, they'll have me working for them for the rest of my life. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, you took the words right out of my mouth. 
jump all over me, Lom. I never knowed Mr. Burton was a post office inspector. That's what I get for hiring unexperienced help. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're kicking about. He dropped the charges again. All he done was just forbid you to ever set your foot inside that post office again as long as you live. And pounded his fist. That's all he done. I don't care so much about that. It's just downright humiliating to have him hold that election to find the most reliable man in Pine Ridge to take my place. Well, I can tell you right now, I don't care who they elect. You don't, huh? What are you standing here outside the post office window waiting for him to count the votes for them? Wait a minute, they'll, they'll hear us. Oh. Yeah, I think Ben Withers is getting ready to read the results. Listen. Well, Mr. Burton, here's how the voting tallies up. All right. Ezra C. Strunk. Oh, that varmint. Gets two votes. Huh? Walt Bates. <laughs> Him. Gets <laughs> seven votes. Good for Walt. Who is <laughs> And here's your most reliable man, Mr. Burton, with 309 votes. All right. Fine. It's... Well, who is it? This'll set the post office back 20 years. It's Lum Edwards. Hey, uh, here, Lum, uh, now that you're the official postmaster, why, you get to read all the postcards. So uh, what does this in here say? Oh, it's from one of the Abernathy boys to his mama. Well, all three of them boys are with the government, you know. One of them's in the Army, and one's in the Navy, and the other's in Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, th this is from Sood. He's the one at Alcatraz. Well. Hmm. Says he ain't at all satisfied. <laughs> Abner Show is brought to you each week by Frigidaire Division of General Motors, manufacturers of a complete line of home appliances, air conditioners, and refrigeration equipment for American business. The script is written by Roz Rogers and Betty Boyle, with music by Felix Mills. So until next Sunday night, same time, same station, this is Wendell Niles saying good night for Frigidaire. America's number one refrigerator. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Boy, I wish we had 99 million listeners. I'm pretty sure that we do. You think so? Maybe Close to more. 100 million listeners? Oh, yeah, maybe more. Mm. I mean... Why not, Carl? <laughs> we could dream. <laughs> like, if big. we're going to dream, let's do it. Let's dream really big. <laughs> That's the Lum and Abner Show, a great half-hour broadcast. There's not very many that exist in the half-hour, um, you know, the half-hour format, unfortunately. But that's a good one. Right off the master transcription, October 24th, 1948, Lum takes over the Pine Ridge Post Office, sponsored by Frigidaire, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. 
All right, Lisa, time for This Month in Music History. That's right. We're going back to the 1990s, and this is a group that I really loved. You, I don't know, not so much. Mm. This is Meatloaf. It is. Which I don't really like. I don't like Meatloaf. I know that. I mean, (laughs) I don't like to eat Meatloaf. I don't either, but I do. Either. Either, but I do love Meatloaf. I can't tell you how many times I played this song on repeat. Really? Back in the day. (laughs) The whole album, Bad Out of Hell. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I never... I know it's a big meatloaf. I know. So this Eating is it or listening to it? I'm going to go with the listening part. This was released in 1993, and uh, they earned a uh, Grammy Award for Best Rock Vocal Performance Solo for this song. Really? Anything for love. Do you know what he's referring to when he says, I won't do that? No. Get married? I, I think so. He'll get... He'll, he'll do anything for love, but he won't get married. I think so. It's not How do positive. You know? do you know for a fact? Or? No, I don't. I'm just guessing. It's just like a rock opera, you know? Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Like Queen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 coming your way. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next hour, it's Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall in Bold Venture. Plus, we're going to need a caller to play Beat the Host, right, Lisa? That's right. All about Billy Joel, born May 9th of 1949. Give us a call, 312-642-5600. Looking for caller number 10. Number 10, 312-642-5600. We'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.